Hello, and welcome to the show Gold Squadron Gays. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows, while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower. And I'm Charles Rogers, coming to you from my new apartment that I have been moving into. Yes, we are committed to getting these episodes out. I was gonna say I was this I was literally this close to like being like, let's just record it on Sunday and then I'll just stay up all day and just finish editing. Like I don't care. I was like this close. I was like, uh, you know. It worked out. The force contrived a way so that we both <laughs> had at least an hour on Saturday that we could actually sit down and record this. Right. I actually the move has been so intense and so stressful. I did not actually watch bad batch for the first time until about 10 30 11 o'clock last night oh wow twitter of course spoiled it for me yeah immediately when i opened it on saturday morning that's so weird that you also got spoiled because i got spoiled because my friend sent me a snapchat literally like at 10 a.m now mind you by 10 a.m my time eastern time i have already watched the episode because you because usually text me around 3 a.m my time. This one and, I would have texted you right. about had I seen it, but I was asleep. The episodes drop at midnight. Right. My time. I was actually, because I was so exhausted from the new job, starting the new job in the move, I had actually fallen asleep at 1130. Gotcha. So I wasn't able to get to you and text you, stay off social media until you've <laughs> right. seen who's in this episode. So you literally, so I didn't get a text message from you, right? So I had the one snap when I woke up and I was like, oh, I'm just going to check Twitter. I'm just going to check Facebook. I'm just going to check Instagram. I'm going to check Snapchat. I'm going to check everything, right? And because it's already 10 a.m. and I've already watched it by now on a normal day. And I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, oh, I'll just watch it. Obviously, it wasn't that good of an, up- of an episode because Charles didn't text me. So it was just a blah episode. Yeah. So whatever. <laughs> um, I was pleasantly surprised because my friend texted me, literally, or not texted me, they sent me a snap and all the snap said was C110P. And I was like, C110P, what the fuck does that mean? And then I, it, then it clicked in my brain. It was like the designation for chopper. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be a weird episode. Okay. Yeah, like normally I go through If somebody on my Twitter feed is somebody I know is going to spoil an episode, either because they just genuinely don't care, or I have, you know, one or two cases where the person is in a different, such a radically different time zone, like they're in Europe, so they don't think about what time it is in the States, I'll go ahead and mute them for the duration of a show's run, or I'll turn them on and off, just, but this time... I logged on to Twitter and basically the first thing I saw was a photo of Hera and Chopper. And I went, God damn it. It's Bo-Katan all over again. <laughs> the one time I don't it stay really up was. to watch an episode. The one time I don't. Boom. It really was though. Like that was, that was the spoiler for the episode. You were like, wait, shit. This is not even a, I was like, like a bad batch really? episode. It was like, what the fuck? We'll get, we'll get to that. And we'll get to yeah. that in just a second. What, uh, because it's very interesting what this episode is from a TV writing perspective. It it's weird. It's definitely outside the norm of what a normal TV show does. So, yes. Well, 
The good news is we we don't have any news this week that either of us could think of in the pre-meeting. Although, yeah, I was like, Ugh. brain uh, not functional right now. Uh, I'm sure somebody out there is like, uh, you are not even you talking forgot about, about the trailer that just dropped today for the Obi Wan Kenobi show. Uh, and we're like, like what I, are you talking I, about? I can't look at that this week. <laughs> right, I, I, don't I can't look at that this week. I am tired. If there's anything we missed this week, we will bring it up next week. Absolutely. We'll just jump into our episode of uh, yeah. Star Wars Rebels. I mean, sorry, bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars Rebels prequel. Yes. Uh, I want to talk real real quick about the concept of a lower deck episode. Now, Bradley, it's been a while since you were in school. Mm-hmm. You don't really, you don't work on shows that are generally, well, you work on shows that are scripted, but you don't work on shows that are like scripted. Do you right. remember what a lower deck episode is? So I obviously, I work in more reality-based television um, with my TV shows that I work on. So I, we don't, it is not scripted. What I like to say is it is assisted reality. <laughs> um, whereas the situations are not natural, but the dialogue is. So that's what I like to say when I say uh, There's script. our peek behind the curtain. Bradley and I actually had to take whole classes in how to, <laughs> how to, how to do reality television properly. Exactly. Um, no, I let enlighten people what a lower deck episode is if you want to relate it to say something like Star Trek or something. It's so funny because that's where the term originates. Gotcha. Um, a lower deck episode named after an episode from Star Wars. Star, Star Wars. <laughs> Star Trek. Right. The next generation. This is how exhausted I am. I never mix those two up. Gotcha. Uh, an episode of Star Trek, the next generation uh, that focused on a character that wasn't one of the main characters. And what a lower deck episode is, is traditionally when a TV show maybe is in a situation where they have to film two episodes at once or they don't want to, they want to do something a little lower budget where they don't have to pay their main actors. Uh, They will do one of these episodes where the main cast barely, if ever, actually features in the episode. One of the most famous being uh, Blink from the third season of the revival Doctor Who uh, is one of the best episodes of of television ever written. And it is actually a... uh, what's called a lower deck episode. So it barely features hmm. the doctor and his companion. Gotcha. And that's, you know, just so they didn't, they, they could kind of overlap it with others. Frequently lower deck episodes also tend to be bottle episodes, hmm. a bottle episode being where characters are kind of stuck in one place right. for an extended period of time. But that's what this episode of the Bad Batch is, is it's a lower deck episode since the Bad Batch only appears in one scene of it. <laughs> right. Which I was literally watching the episode and going like, are they going to show up? Or is the Bad Batch even going to bother showing up in this episode? Like, I wasn't sure how they were going to fit them in. <laughs> so there's your TV writing lesson for yeah. the day is this is what's called a Lower Deck episode. It's when the main cast doesn't appear during the episode very much. 100%. So we open up on Ryloth, which we are back at. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, Crosshair, Crosshair and, and Rampart are here. Yeah, um, it was really kind of random all of a sudden. I was like, 
why the fuck is crosshair here <laughs> yeah crosshair i would get being deployed here but like rampart is here for some reason when i thought he was supposed to be overseeing the project war mantle on camino right that was not yet maybe soon he's he's get, getting there we get basically all of our main characters established in the first scene which yep. is great and efficient but also means that we're going to have to go through some of these characters before we can get to the action that's right we also meet uh eleni sindula eleni sindula uh, who is fairly close to her Rebels appearance, that we mm. see her in artwork in Rebels, but we don't ever see. Right. Yeah, her name is actually, I think, not said in the episode, so I wrote it down from Wikipedia, uh, but I don't know how to pronounce it. No, I think Rampart says her name at some point. Uh, he says something Sindula, for sure. He says something Sindula, but I don't think he says her first name. Maybe he says Mrs. Sindula. Hey, Mrs. Sindula, how you doing? Or she has a title, or <laughs> right? Yeah, Let Queen. Me know in the comments what, <laughs> how she's referred to. What she's episode. referred to? Because I'm also not 100 percent sure both watches what her actual job title is. I she's, thought she was just mom. She's not the she's not the senator. No, that's Orange Free Top. Yeah, she's like just the wife of the wife of Sindula. <laughs> right. So we get her and we get, of course, Cham Sindula, mm-hmm. who is the leader of the um, resistance on Ryloth. And then uh, eventually will begin rebelling against the Empire. But we get him at kind of a midpoint of this. Mm-hmm. He's at a different he was, point in his life, yeah. It's interesting because he was, it was very resistance against the Separatists in Clone Wars and resistance against the Empire in, and uh, Rebels. So it's interesting to see him at kind of a midpoint here. Yeah, I was watching the episode thinking like, oh, he's very okay with like, no, we need to trust the Empire. We need to like, just have faith that it's going to work out. Like everything's good. And in Rebels, when we see him, he's very much like, oh, the Empire is the devil. Like we need to fuck like- the Empire. Yeah, fuck the Interestingly, Empire. Interestingly, I didn't say the title of this week's episode yet, but oh, yeah. it is Devil's Deal. Hmm, what is the devil's deal that he's making? We also get the appearance of, and you knew we were going to talk about it on this show. Yes. You knew we were going to talk about uh, hot clone daddy Hauser okay. on this show. Okay, let's talk, let's, wait, let's take a good five minute chunk to talk about this. I swear, when I saw him and I listened to him, obviously it's Bradley D. Baker doing the voice. I was like, oh, that's fucking Commander Cody. I was like, they're doing Cody. They're doing it. And then I was like, oh, wait, that's just the same voice actor. It's not him. Yep. Just kidding. Oops. Like, <laughs> I didn't double check if Hauser had appeared in anything else. I don't think he um, did. I had, a, I had a limited number of minutes that I could Google things. Gotcha. Let us know in the comments of the tweet or the uh, whatever if yeah. Hauser has appeared in something else that I need to go watch. Because... Yeah, I don't think he does because he's his coloring is like teal. He has like a teal kind of mm-hmm. color on his uh, outfit. So I don't think he's... Because I think Cody was what, yellow? And then... Cody was yellow. Rex yeah. is dark blue. Right. 
So I think Hauser is like this. Uh, these teal are the color. ones I care about. Wolf right, the only ones we care like about. Like dark gray, kind of. Yeah, I don't know. I, he was new. I was like, oh, this is Cody, and then I was like, oh shit, never mind. <laughs> nope, it's a, it's a hot silver fox uh, clone daddy right. that has come to grace us for this uh, this arc of the show. Loves it. Love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. So we've, that's all of our all of our major characters except for two, yes. who we will meet in a minute. But now that we have established them, uh, Orn Frita, who is the senator for Ryla, goes out and tries to make a speech about how um, this new refinery will bring prosperity to Ryloth, and everybody's like, "Shut the fuck up, you piece of shit!" How Ryloth is great again. Oh, <laughs> it's pretty close. Yeah, he uh, he definitely he has a bit of a vibe to him. Yeah, we'll he's like that. he's like make Ryloth great again. <laughs> there was a video game, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, where a politician delivers that line, and it caused me to immediately decide that I was going to kill him in the most violent way possible. Of course. And then I did because it was an Assassin's Creed game. Right. Uh, so Orn Free Tom gets out, makes a speech. We will bring prosperity back to Ryloth. Also give us all of your weapons. <laughs> and the crowd is like, get no. fucked, you <laughs> piece of shit. Right. Uh, Cham comes out and set, delivers this speech about Guys, we're 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 so tired. We're tired. Yeah, we're tired. We've been, Please make it stop. This war has gone on for five plus years. Like we're ready. Like let's let's end it. Uh, it it's been going on for three. Oh, three. Whatever. Three years. But he's like, we're we need to accept the peace. I love Orn Freitan. The background, mm -hmm. like they animated him as Chim speaks, reaching up and kind of like gripping at his leku like how pissed off he is yeah he's kind of like he's like why am i not as important as you know cam like i am the fucking senator and this guy is just like a you know just a random dude he's like the people love him and it's like this is jealousy undercurrent throughout him throughout the episode which yeah obviously plays in rampart is manipulating right but Cham gives this speech. There's some more conversation about, and they mention Hera before her appearance. And then it, it cuts to Chopper's periscope coming out. <laughs> and then we see both Chopper and Hera from Star Wars Rebels. Love that. Hera, once again, voiced by uh, Vanessa Marshall, mm -hmm. who portrayed the character rather like Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, she's back to voice the younger iteration of the character. Love that. Still kind of weird to hear her voice coming out of a, a teenager. But right. I think the way, the, between the accent and the fact that she pitches her voice up slightly more. Yeah. It's a little more, it's a little less jarring than Freddie, who did a great job, did a fantastic job as Caleb. It's just it was it was close enough to the way he normally speaks that it was weird. Right. But. Yeah, I think that um, the accent helps um, because 
I don't remember Rebels too much in the fact that I know that she was putting on a quote unquote basic accent where she was trying to be like normal so she wasn't as prejudiced against. But I, I watching this, I was like, oh, of course she has her original accent because she hasn't developed enough to the point where she's like, I need to hide it. I think too that <clears throat> uh, that she actually slips back into that accent in Rebels when she's talking to Cham. But yeah, I would have to, end, yeah. to rewatch Rebels. Uh, we will we will have to do a, a Rebels rewatch at some point. Yeah, I remember in the show that she, I think she switches back to the accent when she is talking to her father, but also because it's like a, not a respect thing, but you know, like, he's like, why are you talking in that accent? Like, that's not your real, you know, voice. And then she slips back into the accent and she's like, oh, this is the way I speak. The, the quote unquote French accent. Yes, it's interesting that uh, <laughs> that this this resistance fighter speaks with a French accent. Right. Uh, that's as a history as a history nerd, I just love that. I love that. I I do. Uh, I would be remiss if I did not mention the uh, voice actor for Chopper mm-hmm. uh, from Rebels is also back. Um, Chopper being betrayed by the incomparable uh, Chopper <laughs> as himself. Right. Uh, so he is back to grace us with his amazing voice work again. Perfect. Uh, I did check the credits. Chopper is listed as as himself in the credits. Okay, thank God. Uh, Hera, we see that Hera has this desire to fly that mm-hmm. we will obviously see in, in Rebels. Uh, I loved it, the bit where she lies back and she's watching the flying creatures and she's kind of dreaming of what she wants to be is very, very in keeping with Star Wars overall. And there's a musical cue here too, which I get, don't, I mean, like, don't come after me if this is wrong, but I believe the musical cue is the Leia theme. It may be like it a Rebels type theme. Yeah, like it I sounds remember close they, to it. They had some musical cues in Rebels. Okay. I mean, it may be, it was close to the Leia theme because it sounded a little bit like the trailer for Rise of Skywalker. So that's why I was like, this must be close to Leia theme, or at least a version of it that is reminiscent because it was like very, I don't know, like it just sounded it's, like it was forced. It's usually my job to research these things. And I have, <laughs> I, again, I had limited time that I could go on and check things on Wikipedia. So I had to be careful about like one thing, one thing I will get to in a minute. I just straight up had to give up researching. Yeah. Because I researched it for about five or 10 minutes and I was trying to find it and I went, no, I just got to give up and move on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought it might have been close to it, but I was like, eh, it was just nice, whatever it was. I don't know if it, it was. might be the early Rebels motif, but yeah, we would have to double check that. Ugh, research. They she gets captured by clone troopers uh, and brought back. I the politics of this episode. Yeah, when the various Twi'lek characters are talking. The idea of this episode being people can be tired of war to the point that they will just allow a fascist occupation, even though it's very obvious that the empire is coming in to try to first order style take over by providing security, uh, same as we saw in resistance how the First Order used that same tactic. 
but just people being so tired of war that even though they should be smart enough to realize what's going on, they willingly blind themselves just because if we're still not at peace, what was the point of all of it? I love this. Right. And I think Hera's mom brings that up too, because she goes, why are the, why is the empire keeping secrets from us? Or why does it matter if she was quote unquote spying on the empire? Gobi. Gobi brings, Gobi Gobi brings that up later in the episode where he says, why would it be considered spying? Right. If If this is, if they're here of their own fruition, they're just, they're not doing anything wrong. They're just here to, they're helping us, you know? So why would it be a secret? They would want us to see what they're doing here. Right. In the interest of transparency. Mm -hmm. I just love, we don't talk about, uh, we don't talk about the political implications of things on this show a whole lot. But this episode is extremely political, and I do love that it's exploring those concepts. Right. That they're basically just going to let the Empire roll in because they've been fighting for three years, and it vaguely resembles the peace that they fought for. So fuck it. Why not? So Helzer uh, brings in Hera and is like, well, you know, we're going to let her go this time. She can't be doing this. Right. I don't want to have to turn her in. I don't want to have to turn her in. There's arguments amongst the, the Twi'lek characters. So Gobi and uh, Cham being at opposite ends here with Cham, interestingly, being the one being like, guys, we need to chill. And Eleni being somewhere in the middle between the two. Mm-hmm. So next we get a scene with uh, Orn Frita and Rampart and Crosshair. Mm. Uh, we get the, the central conflict of the episode, which is Orn Frita is after spending the entire Clone Wars on Coruscant, doing <laughs> fuck all, getting fat, and basically living it up. Right. Orn Frita is mad suddenly that the guy who stayed on Ryloth to fight with the resistance is suddenly beloved more beloved by the people than he is. Right. I wonder why. I wonder why. Crosshair takes his helmet off and we see finally the extent of the burn damage on Crosshair's face. Which yikes. <laughs> mhm. He looks a little more scary person. Crispy. Yeah, he's like he's a little more evil. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was the thing, and it's tricky because when when he went dark side in the premiere, I was like, "Oh, they're obviously going to turn him back at some point." And now with him being scarred up, I'm like, maybe not. Yeah, I'm thinking that ship has sailed. I don't think we're trying to redeem him anymore. I think now it's to the point where he needs to be not eliminated, but you know, like. They'll do something, I'm assuming, this is my theory, I'm calling it now, where it's going to be a showdown between Hunter and Crosshair, and Hunter's going to have to choose between, like, do I save Omega or do I save my brother? And it's going to be, he's going to choose Omega because the brother has, quote unquote, gone off the edge. You know, he's no longer his brother anymore. I think that's where they're going. Well, that's dark. I mean, I think that's where they're going. (laughs) I also, I'm not 100% sure that, that, you know, this is going to be a a one season deal. Yeah. Because as I said in a previous episode, they're they're setting up a lot of 
the lot of things that I don't know if they can necessarily resolve them in a satisfactory way, but yeah, we'll, well have and then, to see. This episode too kind of brings up the whole like, oh, we're kind of not continuing stories from Rebels, but we're also like establishing things from Rebels. We're, we're like a prequel. Yeah. And here's the thing, right? This is, I'm not going to knock the show for being what it is. Right. The show is what it was designed to be. Some people like it everything i made the point on twitter in a different context this morning that everything is someone's favorite so right. i try not to knock things too much the show was designed to be a sequel to clone wars because they saw the reception to season the final season of final clone season, wars right. and they saw the love for clone wars and went well y'all want more of these other characters that's why we're seeing a lot of characters from animation popping up in this right on the other hand, it is starting to annoy me personally, just the degree to which we're getting the Clone Wars slash now Rebels character, quote unquote, per episode. Right. Only episode three has not had a the return of some sort of side character to right. it. And it's turning to me into a thing of, oh, which character are we going to see this week? Right. I'm surprised Hondo hasn't showed up like in this, you know, show. Me too. And, you know, like I'm waiting for it. I bet you anything. It's the next episode. Hondo is going to come well, out. Well, the, hey, the next episode is going to be, uh, the next episode is going to continue this one. So oh. I did check when I was on, Twi- uh, I was on Wikipedia researching something. Oh. I did see that uh, the next one apparently is going to be a continuation of, of this really thing. i was not expecting that i thought Two they parter. were because it did end kind of abruptly that's why i was i literally i wrote down in my final note it says hera gets away abrupt ending <laughs> so it's a cliffhanger ending they're gonna yeah. they're gonna do a part two next week interesting it's it's do you find it strange that they're they're spending so much time two whole episodes on hera like that's a little weird right well, it's Hera and Cham and Orn yeah. Frita and the Twi'lek Resistance from uh, from Clone Wars. Right, but again, that's not, has nothing to do with the Bad Batch. So it's very much... Next episode might have more to do with them. I suspect that where they're going is that they're going to, the Bad Batch is going to come back and like Hera yeah. is going to contact them or something and have them uh, come back to rescue cham Mm -hmm. but we'll see we'll see what's going to happen this was so this was the thing with this scene between crosshair or in free time rampart this was the thing i had to stop researching yeah so i may have to check it for next week not necessarily in a charles screwed this up on the show and has to apologize for it but a charles wasn't able to research this and had to spend the week doing it gotcha this was so. This was the thing with this scene between Crosshair or in Free China Rampart. This was the thing I had to stop researching. Yeah. So I may have to check it for next week. Not necessarily in a Charles screwed this up on the show and has to apologize for it, but a Charles wasn't able to research this and had to spend the week doing it. Gotcha. If you stop on the shot of the back of Crosshair's head, he is very burned. Mm -hmm. on the back of his head and i kind of stopped and i went 
the location of his burn. Isn't that where the inhibitor chip is located? Oh. Like kind of know. on the back of the, is it on the back or the front of the head? I don't know. I had to stop researching it just because <laughs> I ran out of time. But I was looking at photos, trying to pull up screen caps from previous episodes. So it is entirely possible that the inhibitor chip got damaged in episode uh, episode 10. That would be interesting. Um, but then if he does anything else evil moving forward, then that's just him being an asshole, not him being inhibitor chipped. So I don't know. Uh, so Rampart takes... Um, Cham and Eleni into like a tour and Eleni notes, you know, why do you guys have guns here if this is not a military installation? Right. What's going on? And Rampart's like, obviously we are uh, with the security of Of the planet and stuff. We like to care about your safety and shit. (laughs) We are definitely doing this for your protection. This is not an occupation. We have always been at war with Eurasia. We get a scene of uh, Gobi and uh, somebody else is gonna, I'm sure she's a character from Clone Wars. I didn't look up who she was. Again, limited time. Yeah. And I wasted a bunch of it researching whether or not where the inhibitor chip is located in the skull. Right. Gobi is gonna bring Hera along on a supply run for some reason yeah i didn't i didn't quite understand what his his thought process was there other than like he's the he's her uncle correct she refers to him as uncle gobi i don't think she's literally related oh, to oh, him okay okay well my point being i guess he was just trying to be a quote unquote the cool uncle who let her fly the ship you know what i mean i don't think it has anything to, like nefarious behind it but well it didn't make sense to me because Sending her to, to recon the place, that made sense. She's she's unassuming. young, she's yeah. not easily noticeable. Uh, she's going to be sitting out there for hour, maybe out two hours, three hours, reconning the place. That makes sense. It's not as dangerous. Bringing her on the supply run seems dangerous when she's not really going to contribute anything to it. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't quite understand. Other than to show us, like, oh, she's an aspiring pilot, and he's yep. letting her, like, and whatever, to get her into the contrived situation for later on, right, 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 so that she's there. It's basically so plot can happen. Exactly. Crosshair. Uh, I wrote down here. Crosshair is uh, dangerously effective, uh, like with Wrecker and some of the others from the Bad Batch. We are now seeing Crosshair's multiple uses of his skill set yeah he's a dangerously good like i I was watching it like you know how sometimes the show or tv shows will make their people ineffective on purpose like just to kind of for the sake of the plot right now crosshair for the sake of the plot is very effective (laughs) well we also saw he was very effective in situations where he obviously was not going to win them right he was still very effective on Braca. He's very effective here. He zaps the uh, tracker from Attack of the Clones onto the back of the ship to track them out. Um, the ship flies away. 
Uh, we do see Hera kind of learning to pilot a little bit. Mm-hmm. Eventually, she will be, as we know, a very good pilot in her own right. Someday. Someday. Pulling off one of my favorite pilot moves from all of Star Wars, the jumping to light speed through the hangar mm-hmm. of the space station, which is right. incidentally my favorite hyperspace thing that anyone has ever done. And I do include the hyperspace uh, ram in that. Oh, interesting. It's probably my favorite. Although the holdo maneuver is my second favorite thing that anyone has ever done with light speed. I was going to say holdo maneuver is probably like top tier in my like top tier. That's like Absolutely. up there. Like, I don't know. I, I can't think of anything else. That's like that sticks out in my mind. So light speed tricks have only two modes for me. Either they are the best thing I've ever seen or they make no goddamn sense and make me angry. Mm. yeah you know what made me angry was the light speed skipping that was one of the ones that made me yeah like okay han solo can come out of light speed next to the planet i can kind of buy that since you're not supposed to be able to light speed skip you know supposed to be able to go in light speed in a gravity well right that one i can kind of buy just because uh, yeah fun space adventure but light speed skipping i'm kind of like i am sure it's from the eu somewhere i think somebody made the point that it had been done before but whatever we are not gonna like with last week we are not gonna be a rise of skywalker complain about minor details in it in the future podcast one day (laughs) one day one day we will one day we will get into um some complaints i have about that right but Hera um is flying the ship Gobi takes over they eventually they talk a lot about takeoff and landing so obviously in the next episode we're gonna see her take off and land a ship gotcha obviously that's where we're going and we meet our mysterious contacts (laughs) who are None other than the Bad Batch. Um, so one, I was genuinely shocked because I was like, oh, this is how they're going to introduce them in this episode. Two, I was thinking when when Hunter says we got this job from Sid to like sell these weapons or whatever, I was like, didn't you already pay off your debt to Sid? So why the fuck are you here? Just they need money. I That's what I thought. And I was like, they need money just to have money like they the the first episode was them paying their debt off because they owed sid money so now it's just them they need money just to have money is that what i'm getting from this like yeah i mean and, and there's no point in not continuing to work for sid as a as a middleman this bad batch the jobs that they show us from sid like there's the implication that this is what the bad batch has been doing is right. they work jobs for sid but the only jobs they show us are ones that are immediately relevant so right. they don't take a lot of time to or or they show us jobs or something relevant happens around them maybe the job itself is not super relevant and then i noted that like so last week i had said that i didn't want a detour episode Right. And this episode, I don't consider a quote unquote detour episode because it doesn't feature our main characters. So therefore, I, I consider this like, okay, if, for example, the Rancor episode, that's a detour episode. Like if, if 
if the Bad Batch season is us driving down, you know, Clone Force 99, Highway 99, um, you know, every episode is a detour to like a different gas station. This episode is us stopping to see the biggest ball of yarn in the United States. Like it's an actual landmark. It's something is different enough to where it's grabbing your attention, but it's not like so detour that I'm like, okay, this is just another QT gas station. Like we don't care. Like this is not interesting. God, I miss QT. <laughs> God, I miss them. Folks, if you live in the, in the South and the, in the general Georgia area, uh, QT's roller grill, that shit like, got me through late nights when I lived in Atlanta. That's disgusting. Don't joke it's, about it. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> I made a lot of bad decisions in Atlanta and that was uh, probably one of them of what, what I did to my body eating that much QT roller grill. Ew. Uh, <laughs> that's disgusting. No, and though you when you texted me because this is one of the rare occasions where Bradley saw the episode before I did. When you texted me about it, that's basically what you said, but it seems like you've kind of come around on it a bit because you originally had it more, a little more negatively where you were like, oh, we're still doing a pit stop. It may be to see the biggest ball of yarn as opposed to just a random gas station, but it is still a pit stop. So I did appreciate the fact that as, as long as this detour episode is not focused on the Bad Batch, it's a little, it's slightly different enough to where it's keeping my attention and it's not so repetitive. Like it's very much like, oh, you're using characters from Rebels. Okay, wait, this is interesting. Like I need to see what you're doing now. Like, so I actually genuinely like this episode. I think it was pretty good. At this, by this point, I was like, oh, okay, now Omega's going to meet Hera and they're going to be like best friends or whatever. Which is immediately what happened. <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, that's kind of cute. I literally wrote that down. I was like, oh, they're cute. They're like friends. I loved, uh, I loved Omega's. <laughs> Omega, like the difference between them, like putting Omega with someone her own age. Right. Really shows how Omega has adopted the way that the Batch speaks. Mm-hmm. When she's like, uh, no funny business. I'm watching you. I'm like, that is such a Hunter line to say. <laughs> she, and also like the fact that she was asking Hunter for permission too. She's like, she's like, can I show her my room basically? And can, she, I, can she come aboard? Right. And he's it's like, it's very professional. Yeah. Yeah. It was very professional. She was like, she's like, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah. I can definitely listen to you. Like, <laughs> No funny business. I'm watching you. I'm like, you're like, so funny. 12 years old (laughs) yeah but that also again leads to some very interesting timeline things right so Hera I'm assuming Hera is not the same age as Omega by any means here but they're around the same age yeah she's fairly young but she's I don't know she's like I don't know have we established how old we think Omega is by this point like like 10 or 11 like 14 or 15 actually probably maybe oh, she's think? the same age as boba fett at least okay because hera and she's like 15 16 maybe at this point i was thinking like hera by this point if she's quote unquote learning to fly is she's around the 16 she's around the 6 17 age so they're relatively both young or in the same teenage years so 
in retrospect, if Kanan is the same age as Hera, if right. he's around 16-ish and maybe his voice dropped early. I'm assuming because maybe maybe that's yeah. why he sounds like adult Freddie Prince, more adult like adult Freddie Prince Jr. than I was right, expecting. Right, because he's already gone through puberty by this point in the timeline. Uh, I think that's exactly what that is. Ah, uh, I I <sighs> Freddie, I, I apologize. I did not give you enough credit. Well, you could also say that by his master, quote unquote, dying, you know, during uh, Order 66, he became, you know, an adult because he had to witness, you know, he had to become an adult Rebels early, is, kind of. Rebels is what, 10 years after this? Oh, I don't know. Well, no, because- We found the one thing I didn't research. Well, because if you think about it, let's see. Rebels takes place, what, five years before A New Hope? Or Rogue One-ish? It leads up to Rogue yeah, One. At least, at least five-ish or so. So Rebels is 12 or 13 years after this takes place. Right, because this is right after Revenge of the Sith. So A few-ish months yeah. after Revenge of the Sith. I love, I love nerds have to like figure out the timeline of TV shows. They're like... They're like, when did this take place after the third movie ends? 15 months later, The Bad Batch starts, and then... <laughs> you say that, but uh, I am one of those nerds, mostly because I watch things in chronological order and like to know when they're... Oh, I'm sure somebody out there is like, Omega was born in 13 ABY uh, or BBY. <laughs> you know, they have those weird... Digs and digs it, would be, it would be like, uh, so I was in a... <laughs> I made a mix up back on earlier this week. I was trying to talk about alcohol ABV with someone. And I was so exhausted. I was, yes, that is exactly what happened. I said ABY and then just started cracking up. And so he's standing in the kitchen looking at me like, what are you doing? I'm over here dying. I'm like, okay. I have to now explain to you why this is funny. Right. <laughs> so here I am sitting in this guy's kitchen explaining Star Wars timelines to him <laughs> that I could explain why I said uh, something having a 15% ABY was really fucking hilarious to right. me. That's the things you have to deal with in your day-to-day life when you're a huge fucking nerd. Right. I never realized, I never put together, and I, I'm going to do a rewatch. So my plan at this point is after we, we do the final episode of this season of Bad Batch, before we do our postseason retrospective that we always do, uh, I'm going to rewatch everything. I'm going to take a week and just marathon the Bad Batch. Gotcha. And, but I never noticed, this is something I want to keep my eye on. I never noticed that the gunnery turret doubles as omega's bedroom yeah i thought that was weird because i did i noticed that in this episode i was like oh she's her room quote-unquote room is just the turret chair she points it out she says when it's not being used as the guttery turret this is my room it's my space it's my it's my little space this is my space it's my area which is a. Uh, Interesting bit of utility on the ship that they've made it for, but they've made it in such a way that they can still use it for its intended purpose. 
I don't know. It's that was nifty. I just never realized that. Of course, we get the sequence where Omega's like, oh, you know, I like her. Yeah. I also thought too, as they were doing this cutesy little like Omega, Hera, you know, whatever, I thought Crosshair was going to show up like during this interaction. I genuinely thought they were going to like interrupt their little bye and he was going to show up and be like, oh shit, it's the Bad Batch. You know, I need to take them out kind of thing. I thought that was going to happen. It didn't end up happening. It didn't. But I was like, because once they made their drop and they were like, here's your, you know, your guns. And then they just kind of left. I was like, oh, I thought Crosshair was going to catch them or something. Or like at least see that they were there. Looking at it now of understanding that it is a part one, there's almost certainly going to be a showdown between Crosshair and the Batch. Yeah. Since he's here, obviously they're coming back next episode. Yeah. To help deal with this. Like, yeah, either save somebody or help save Save somebody. somebody. It's possible we might see uh, Eleni's death next episode hmm. since she does die fighting the Empire and that leads to a rift between Hera and Cham. Oh, but, interesting. I didn't remember that because I was thinking about it too. I was like, her dad doesn't die. So I was like, there's something... Her like, mom dies. Something happens, yeah, to make them not Resisting like the yeah. Empire and that leads to a wedge between the two of them. Got it. Okay, so that has to be the next episode. We'll see that. Possibly. 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 Okay. They conclude their business with the Bad Batch, fly away, but oh no, the ship is captured. Oh, I want to say before we get to that, um, there was a shot of the ship returning onto Ryloth where they were, it was like, it was literally, I'm not even kidding you, like 0.5 seconds, but it was them in the clouds. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this is fucking gorgeous. Like, I know, I know. I've, I've had the same. Bad Batch has been big for uh, beautiful sunrise, sunset, cloud shot enthusiasts. I just randomly wanted to throw that in there. But like, I was like, wow, this, these cloud shots are really pretty. Like, I was like, anyway, moving on. But I was like, yeah, moving on to the, uh, what are they called? The little chonkers that they ride. Yeah, the... Uh, <laughs> I forgot their names. There's a technical designation. I didn't look it up. I forgot their names. What the fuck are their names? They're in The Mandalorian. What are the goddamn names of these lizard cows? Wait, lizard cows? The ones that I the, thought you... the Rylothians ride. What are they called? Oh, we don't see those till a little bit later, but I... I oh God, I don't remember the name. I literally can't tell you what the name of these things are. What... Okay, hold on. Quill trains them in Mandalorian. Mando rides one. I literally have one sitting on my shelf over there. What are they called? Blurgs. Blurgs. God Blurgs. damn it. How did how the fuck did we forget Blurgs? I don't know. How the I fuck did I not realize that they're Blurgs? I literally wrote down chonkers I because so I couldn't tired. I couldn't think of what the name of them was. I was like cuz no, we cut to the ship is captured but then the there you got the people and the Ryloth people or whatever are spying on them from the the cliff yes. and they're riding on the blurgs. Blurgs. I didn't yeah. realize it. I was like, how did like, I forget blurgs? We're in the best uh the best Star Wars movie of all time, Ewoks to the Battle for Endor. The, your favorite movie. My favorite movie of all time. Uh wow, I I watched the episode and my brain didn't identify them as blurgs. <laughs> 
I noted that Rampart does the Imperial, what I call the Imperial walk, where he's walking with his uh, arms, arms behind his, behind back. his yeah, back. Yeah, I noticed that too. He's doing the Imperial walk. Love that. Uh, Cham and Eleni decide to attack the convoy, and then they attack the convoy. Yeah, I wrote down blaster fire. <laughs> so interestingly, it looks like they're trying to do it non-lethally. Yes, because he does use the stun gun. Or they the, use the I'm sorry, stun. The, yeah, I thought he, I thought he speared the guy off, mm-hmm. but in a later shot, it looks like just the uh, speeder was speared. Right. Uh, so the guy was just knocked off it. They're trying to do it non-lethally, which is interesting for Cham because he hasn't committed to the right. fight the, the empire. They're just trying to get Hera back. Right. Um. The, the people are captured. Um, we get a, a sequence towards the end. So they've got them lined up. Uh, Cham and Eleni rescue Hera and have got them lined up. And Cham's about to shoot Orn Frita, mm-hmm. who those of us who can read know that he's not going to do because Orn Frita shows up in Lords of the Sith later mm-hmm. on. But um, he kind of holds it up and he, he's talked down by uh, Daddy Hauser and Eleni, talk him down. Right. And then Rampart's like, okay, thanks, Senator. And then Crosshair shoots him. Yep. Oh, I, I, I love that. Because it shows one how Rampart obviously was using Senator uh, Ta. And then also Crosshair being, you know, ruthless, just like, You've, you've served your purpose. I'm going to kill you now. You've served your purpose. Well, he doesn't kill him, and you can see him breathing. And... Oh, he does? Oh, I thought he killed him. Nope. He, uh, you can see him breathing. Oh, uh, shit. One shot. Uh, Rampart describes it as the uh, attempted assassination of Orn Frita. Oh, so he purposefully again, didn't kill him. If, if you've read Lords of the Sith, which I know you can't read, so right. you haven't. Uh, he does show up later on in the timeline. Oh, shit. Okay, Again. I thought he died. So you're right. So Crosshair specifically did not kill him. Specifically did not kill him, but shot him to make it look like... Wow. Uh, An assassination had shot him. Oh, wow. That's even more impressive. Mm-hmm. Because I wrote down... I literally wrote down in my notes, blue fatty dies. So... Okay, well, I have to delete that now because obviously he didn't, but... Um... Chopper and Hera flee. Mm-hmm. Like, they send them away and they capture everyone and that's the end of the episode. I do I think it... questions ep- yeah. about Rampart's plan. Yeah, what is he... I, what was I his quite, plan? Yeah, what is his goal? His goal was clearly to round up everybody, all of the leadership right of the twi'leks but i guess so was the was the idea here i'm i'm, I'm just guessing is that orin frita was like okay sure the empire is great like they're giving me a paycheck basically like i don't care like you know i'm on board but then the only other leader was Hera's dad and he's like eh, i'm not okay with this but like i'm getting on board kind of and then now we see he obviously isn't on board because they captured his daughter and then he rebelled. So Rampart's job now is like, oh, I need to paint him as like some like radical so I can like arrest him. Yeah, I, and here's the issue because the whole plan seemed to rely on endangering Hera. 
Right. But if you put again, Hera, if you put Hera in danger, then Cham will come and rescue her. Right. Allowing you to paint him as the issue is Rampart had no control over Hera's presence. So maybe okay, so maybe this, maybe he wasn't necessarily after Cam. Maybe he Cham. was after or Cham, sorry. Um he was more after his not his uncle, but the other guy, I forget his name. Gobi. Gobi. I think maybe he was more after Gobi, but you know, maybe Cham is more like a consolation prize. Like he's kind of like, okay, like kill two birds with one stone. Like well, this the, one guy. I think maybe he knew that once Cham realized what was really going on, that he right. would rebel and he wanted to take him out of the picture early. Gotcha. My issue is so the plan was clearly stir up Orn Frita's jealousy of Cham. Right. Use that to goad Cham into attacking Orn Frita. Right. But the specifics of the plan, like the question being at what point in this episode does he come up with that plan? Was it from the beginning? Was there an alternate version of it? It's one of those, the episode is trying to paint Rampart as somebody who's manipulating the situation. Right. But the level of control he would have had over the situation is something that confuses me watching yeah. the episode. It was a little weird, but anyway, it was an abrupt ending though, because that's why when I, when you say that there's a part two, I was like, Oh, I guess that kind of makes sense because it does just kind of, the episode just kind of stops. I thought I didn't realize it was a part two until the or part one and part two until this morning. Yeah. Uh, but when I initially watched the episode last night, I was like, Oh, that's an interesting way to leave off with Hera. And then we'll, we pick up with her having escaped later on, but in rebels, but now we've, we right. know that there's going to be a part two. Yeah. Cause I didn't quite understand like where the rest of the story is going here because like, it would have made sense to stop this episode, right? Like Hera gets away with chopper. Thus she's on the run as a young teenager or whatever. And she somehow finds the resistance and then she works for them moving forward. Cause she's quote unquote an orphan, you know, I don't, quite understand what they're trying to do here because I guess like she's going to try to rescue her father or something. Maybe her father will escape and start his own resistance. I don't really know what's happening. Here's but. my, here's my theory. So we know that he eventually starts the free Ryloth movement. Right. Uh, later on in rebels and then in Lords of the Sith, uh, this comes up as again, we know that Eleni dies as part of this resistance. And that is what drives a wedge between Cham and Hera and Hera winds up leaving Ryloth um, while Cham becomes more and more of a Saw Gerrera style. Right. But he's specifically a, a Twi'lek nationalist of specifically trying to, he only really cares about Ryloth. But cl clearly the next episode Hera is going to call in the Bad Batch and the Bad Batch is going to do Bad Batch things. Right. And they're going to free... Um, they're going to free, at the very least, Cham. We don't know what's going to happen to the others. I would have to look up if Gobi is still alive I, by the time of... Hmm. I don't know. We'll have to see. Overall, I liked the episode. Oh, uh, yeah. Very interesting Same. Lower Decks episode. Uh set up these various characters that are clearly going to be important to part two. 
I just liked it because it was like a fun, like, oh, look, there's Chopper. Oh, look, there's Hera. You know, people we haven't seen in a while. We like the Rebels because Rebels it arguably was... is the best animated show that they've made so far. So I would I would agree with that. It is it is probably the best one and also yeah. probably my favorite one. Probably. Uh, no, I I did like that with it being a part one and part two, that this one was about setting up these characters. It's going to be important. Mm -hmm. uh, and then part two will be kind of exploring them. I did like that our cameos this time were from Rebels right. and not Clone Wars. Which was a nice change of pace because I think the problem with the Clone Wars cameos is that they not not necessarily Cad Bane because that's more of like a nice like, oh, look, here's an old character we haven't seen in a while. Like I was thinking more of the sisters where I was kind of like, we just saw them. The Martez sisters. The Martez sisters. Like we just saw them. So that's not necessarily a cameo, more of like a, we still have the models. We want to use them in the show, <laughs> you know, like. Well, the nice thing, part of the reason I'm a little more forgiving than some people on uh, in the social media and discussion spaces towards this whole cameo week theme, even though I don't really like it that much. Yeah. Uh, part of why I'm forgiving is that every every time they do bring someone in, it is worked into the episode nicely. Yeah, so, so far they're... nothing has been weird where I'm like, oh, why is Yoda in this episode? It doesn't make any sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, thank right. God he's not in the show, but you know what I mean? Like, that would be a weird... It works choice. thematically. Yeah. Yeah, it works thematically. It works uh, works with the story of each episode, so... Okay, so I mean, I'm, going, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make a guess for, okay. the next, for the next Clone Wars cameo. I want okay. it to be... Um, oh God, I can't even remember his name. I want it to be Jabba the Hutt's cousin. Gardula the Hutt? No, no, no. The purple one. Or the cousin. Z Zero's dead. Zero. Oh, Zero's he's dead? dead? He died in the Clone Wars. Size oh, Noodles shoots him. I thought they were like together. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, that's sad. I was hoping for like a fun. Like... They were together and then she shot him. <laughs> okay. Never mind. Okay. Wait. How about this? Fast forward. It's Jabba the Hutt's son. Uh, what was his nickname? What did Ahsoka call him? Uh, Stinky, I think. Stinky. That would be a good one. That's who I want to show up. That want, would be a I good want, one to I bring want Stinky We haven't seen up. him. No, because he was a baby. The only time we saw him was the premiere episode of Clone Wars. We never saw him again. So I'm thinking... That, that movie that... Right. I'm thinking Stinky is showing up next episode. He's going to help Hera escape, free Ryloth. <laughs> And then, you know, Chopper and Stinky get married and then they have a ugly divorce by the time Rebels comes around and it's like a thing. Like I'm I think just... you've been I think you've been working on too much reality television. Clearly. Clearly. But so the next yeah. the next episode is called Rescue on Ryloth. Oh then it it's is. uh yes. Damn then okay. it's Infested is the uh is episode 13. And that will probably... That'll be hmm, it. I'm very curious about that one. And then War Mantle is episode 14, and we don't know the names of 15 and 16. So my guess is right. we'll get another sort of cameo guest spot episode 13, and then 14, 15, and 16 will be... Um, like the finale. Specifically focused on characters we've already established. Right, right, right. Oh, okay. All right. Do you have anything else on this episode, Bradley? Um... No, other than, like, I love Rebels, you know, give me more. I'm excited for next week, more Hera. I like seeing characters that we've seen before. If 
they're used properly, which I feel like this was interesting enough to keep my attention. So I was happy. Um, as long as Ezra doesn't show up in the next episode, I think we'll be okay. Um, I don't know how he could, but you know what I mean? Like, it would just be a weird choice or like Yoda shows up in the next episode. Like, he's as like, long as we don't do that, you know? He's like one. He's like one year he's old. He's less than <laughs> one year old. He's not even born yet. Uh, yep. Good, good episode. Good episode yeah. I liked it. Um, Much better than last week. Socials, we'll do them. Um, yeah. Socials, you can follow us on Twitter at, at Gold Squad Gaze. I uh, have been neglecting it this week because of the move, but starting today, I have started uh, more posting on it and retweeting, signal boosting other queer podcasts and podcasts that are in the same vein as us that you might like. So definitely check out our Twitter, both for our content and some great uh, Star Wars TV uh, content through a queer lens. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at, at Gold Squadron Gaze. Bradley posts memes sometimes um and it'll also be a good way to let you know when episodes come out uh you can follow me on twitch at at cw rogers six it's the same as my twitter handle we play star wars games every monday we are currently playing jedi fallen order and talking about the bad batch connections to that we have another social media account that I wanted to announce this week, but because of the move, it is not ready. So keep listening to the show and follow both the Instagram and the Twitter accounts. We're going to have another social media account. We've got something very cool uh, planned for that one, so definitely check us out. Bradley, do the thing. <laughs> and join us next week and every week for another episode of Gold Squadron Gaze. I genuinely have no idea what my next note is. <laughs> I was like, all I have in my next note is that the Bad Batch comes in. So I don't know if we're there yet, but that's literally, I guess nothing happens in between <laughs> now and then. I don't know. You have to tell me. Well, we have a, oh, okay. I know what this note means. There's our, <laughs> there's okay. probably our end of episode stinger. I have there no fucking idea what these <laughs> notes that I've taken mean. <laughs> I don't get it either.